Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another hopefully exciting episode on being the real you, being your true self, your authentic self. And uh, I was kind of stirred to do this one this morning, reading a Psychology Today article that I kind of disagree with, not the whole thing. And I write for Psychology Today. It's a wonderful magazine. Um, and I think maybe some of it's just rhetorical. Uh, but really, the main thing is is when we are really being our authentic self, our true self, it, it doesn't take any effort. And there's some confusion there. And I actually, I went on a walk with Giovanni in the woods today, and, and uh, I was going to do a YouTube there also, but the, the bugs were, were like ready to carry me off like a 747. Uh, anyway, so I, it t- took me back to a, a St. Mike's, my, my freshman year, 18 years old and 19 years old, at a, on a leap retreat. And I remember one of the upper, or no, he was in my age range, never mind that. Uh, one of the students did a, um, a talk on self-awareness, which is pretty amazing, you know, at 19 years old. And he did a fantastic job, such good energy, very peaceful energy. I remember him. Um, so I'll just say his name is Steve for privacy reasons. And Steve, if you're listening, you know it's you. And I remember him saying to me, I came up to him after the talk to ask questions and of course, I'm only, I'm 19, right? So I'm just barely getting started on this journey and saying, well, what about this? And what about this? And if this takes effort and that takes effort. And he just kind of looked at me and just calmly said, he said, no, 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 that's all backwards. He's to be your real self, to truly be you. doesn't take any effort. In fact, if you're finding it takes effort, you're not being you. And it just made such great sense when I think about all the ways we, we try to uphold facades for various reasons. And how exhausting it is, you know, how exhausting it is rather than just being us. And it means to be us entirely. Sorry for that noise. Our daughter's putting the goats away. It it means to be ourselves entirely. So just like I, I say to my young adult kids when they were little, of course, um, and even a little bit recently, and also my Minecraft students that, you know, we've got, we've got both. We've got the shining star parts the shining star parts and we've got the messy parts right and it's most important to it's a it's of utmost importance to acknowledge the messy parts i'm a big accountability person for sure maybe it's that oldest child in me or so i don't know but very integrity based taking accountability so to acknowledge the messy parts yet not to reside there to acknowledge them and then shift out of that and to reside in our shining star parts and the part about being our being our true self is to, you know, we accept the whole package, the shiny star parts and the messy parts. And this is this is where we come into this this place, this wonderful, healthy, authentic place of we are enough just as we are. Shiny star parts and messy parts. We are enough just exactly as we are and here's a big clincher okay we kind of talked about it yesterday without doing anything without doing anything we have we we at least here in the states have become gerbils on crack and we've become human doings more than human beings and in fact this is coming into my head right now i wrote a book years ago i've I've written three actually but this one was on early motherhood and there's a big focus on getting um, is wonderful, obviously, just such a fantastic place to be as a young mother. And it can become very easy to, to get wrapped up in being a human doing and just existing and, and kind of forgetting that there 
um, is a self there to make just a tiny bit of time for. And it's not always, you know, a lot as a new mother, of course. And we're so wrapped up in our little cherubs. Um, and it still is, it's still important to still, you know, acknowledge that real true self. It's just so important because it can get lost very easily. And it's not just young motherhood. Our, our authentic self can get lost um, by the things the world tells us. Okay, so then the Psychology Today article, again, I write for them as a great magazine, and I agree with some of what Rob Henderson says here. Um, and it's only this is only my opinion, too, of one of, you know, infinite opinions out there, right? Um, he, he has the title of it is The True Self is the Person You Want Others to Believe You Are. And I guess, I, th I think maybe it might be somewhat rhetorical because it seems like what he's really talking about is self-image, which is not the same as the true authentic self at all. And he, he, he talks about, uh, even when he says, when caught doing something they're ashamed of, people say things like, that's not who I am, or that wasn't really me. And they're implying that reputation damaging acts are reflective of their true self, I'm sorry, are not reflective of their true self. This doesn't mean they're lying. He says many people really believe their shameful acts are not reflective of who they are deep down. And I, not, of course they are, you know, it, it, the behavior on the outside reflects, it doesn't mean we're an evil demon. We're just human, right? We're just human. And that stems from a messy place. It still is part of our, you know, true authentic self, no question. And he says, uh, Rob Henderson says, try tying the rewarding sense of authenticity to reputation makes sense. And then he just talks about his Baumeister explains, if the main purpose of the self is to integrate the animal body into the social system, parentheses, so it can survive and reproduce, then cultivating a good reputation is a paramount concern. And when one succeeds, even momentarily, there will be a welcome feeling of, that's me. And, I, you know, I, I, again, I think this is self-image because the authentic self doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. You know, we're all divine creatures. And I guess for me, the authentic self is just come is is a is the divinity within us, you know, and and um, it's not about ego. When, I, when he's talking about reputation here, to me, the authentic self is free of ego, free of ego. And so I, I guess maybe again, maybe it's a rhetorical thing. I just I just don't agree with this because that has us earning and chiseling away at reputation and achieving and accomplishing, accomplishing and showing that to, to show things to other people for approval. And to me on the scale of unhealthy, that's pretty close to the, to the top. Now it doesn't mean obviously out in the business world and the academic world and the whatever professional world. And, you know, we certainly want to have a good reputation. Obviously you want to have a good reputation. I just see that as more involving, um, certainly the authentic self, uh, striving for, for our passion, definitely. And then all the other stuff like social intelligence and emotional intelligence and knowing how, you know, how to label feelings and when not to say something in a conversation because it may not go well. And, you know, you know, being able to not only label our feelings, but have an idea of how someone else might be feeling, might be feeling. We're saying that because the only way we really know is to ask them. And that, that's when the social intelligence piece would come into play with maybe I shouldn't say something that could be hurtful. You know, that, that, to me, that's where all this is going. The authentic self just should not 
take any effort. I don't like to use the word should. In this case, it kind of fits though. It just, and we know we're not being ourselves again when we are kind of getting tired, drained, exhausted being so. And I, I think of an example, you know, I think a Chaz Bono used to be Chaz Stitty Bono, and it has to be about 20 years ago at this point. Um, when he, when he came out, you know, uh, Sonny and Cher's, um, now son, right. And, and, and I can't, I can only imagine how exhausting it had to be for him to not be his authentic self and, uh, and how much effort that had to take every day. And not that that would be easy now in 2021. I certainly don't mean that disclaimer. Uh, I'm just thinking 20 years ago, it just had to be that much more challenging. I mean, for crying out loud, people were still using the word transvestite, you know? You know, and then Rob, you know, he kind of continues with the that's me thing. And and then he, he continues here. He said, an evo- and as evolutionary psychologist, Jeffrey Miller is noted, of course, evol- evolutionary psychology, of course, just in case there's anyone who, who is unfamiliar with this, it's the blend of genes and and behavior and environment altogether, right? So as evolutionary psychologist Jeffrey Miller has noted, behaviors do not rise just because they happen to feel good. Feeling good evolved to motivate the behavior, which likely has some evolutionary payoff. Well, of course it does. The good feeling is there to get us to do more of that beneficial behavior. So again, this is, again, it might be a words thing because I think really what's being discussed here, at least in that paragraph, is, you know, uh, Pro so is 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 how important pro social behavior is, and how that is also driven by our genes and environment. Which is, of course, that's true. There's actually a dopamine fix, so that's very real. Every time you know we we hold the door open for somebody who's maybe expecting a baby, and maybe in the ninth month, and it's you know it's and she's trying to carry groceries, or somebody's older, or we just hold the door open because we're right there for somebody's totally able to, whatever, it's still a nice thing to do. There's a, there's a dopamine fix when we do something nice. And I would agree with, with Rob Henderson here that there's a reason that's in place because it gets us to do more nice things for people. There's no question. I just don't think that has to do, and that certainly can feed the authentic self because, um, you know, it's, it's nice to do nice things for people, but I really think that's more about en- engaging in the, in pro-social behavior and being prompted to by genetics. And that's, again, I completely agree with that. And again, the reputation part is, is more ego driven, even though it's necessary out in the world. Um, yeah, but I, I don't really, I'm not seeing what it has to do with the authentic self. And then, you know, he sort of goes, he goes on to say that, uh, indeed there's empirical evidence that people feel more authentic when they behave in an extroverted, agreeable, conscientious, emotionally stable and intellectual manner. Oh, I just so, I really don't agree with this, especially if you're an introvert, because if you're an introvert behaving in an extroverted manner, you're not being authentic. And it doesn't mean there aren't times and places to do it, such as in the business world. And if you've ever read um, Susan Cain's book, Quiet, it's really, a it, it was a New York Times bestselling list for a really long time. And it should have been because, should have been because she did, uh, what I what I think is a fabulous job of getting introverts on the map in this country because it, it is obviously whether we're collectivist or individualistic societies is going introversion and extroversion are valued differently and currently in the United States at least in the business world without a doubt extroverts are more valued 
extrovert behavior. You know, it's about sales and what people, um, you know, people attribute being outgoing with that, even though introversion and extroversion as a spectrum is about how you recharge your batteries. It isn't really about outgoing. Um, however, introvert or extroverts tend to be more outgoing. And so, um, and there's research on this, that introverts in the States um, have actually made things up, fudged the Myers-Briggs personality inventory just to get into Harvard Business School. And she's got all that stuff in there. And that's, that's because of the bias towards extroverts in the States. And so this right here isn't, isn't true either. Yes, yes, they're in, in, uh, the, the introvert is capable, you know, smart and capable of realizing, well, I'm going to have to put on a little show here. Um, and maybe, and not even put it on a show like they're trying to be fake. I don't mean that. I mean, they're trying to adapt. That's really a better word because that's a survival thing. If they are really interested in business and trying to adapt, um, then, then they're going to have to show some extroverted traits. And a prime example, um, and our, our, our son, our youngest son, uh, I remember him going, he's wonderfully authentic. I remember him as a junior in high school when he was getting ready to look at a business. He really wanted to go into business in, co- in college. He was researching business programs and, you know, poor kid is, has a, you know, uh, you know, has to listen to all this psychology all the time. He was very aware of personality traits and, My- and the Myers-Briggs personality inventory. And they, and they were, the school was going to make him take it. I forget it was a college program. Was, anyway, he was being forced by somebody to take it. It might've been the college he was trying to apply to. And he said, what do I do, mom? If I'm honest, he's a card carrying introvert, card carrying introvert. He knows that about himself. We talked about it since he was like five. I explained it to him because introverts need a different type of nurturing. So we talked about his, the level of stimulation that, that, you know, works for him. And, and obviously in a five-year-old way, we didn't jump right into that at five, but as you turn into a teenager, we did. And how it's okay to say no to things, go out and be social that one night. If you want to not do that the next night, it's okay. It's okay. And our family's huge. We're like big fat Greek wedding only the Irish version. If he, you know, and he loves them and they love him. And if he kind of does most of the night, you know, with the laughing and the trivial pursuit and all that stuff. And at a certain point he's done, as long as he politely excuses himself, it's okay to go down in your room and bunker in with a book or plug into, you know, a Red Sox game or whatever. So we had that, had that talk. So anyway, in high school, he said, what do I do? What do I do? If I'm honest on this test, I'll come out very introverted. If I fudge it, which I know I could do because I know how it works, I know what the questions are asking, then I'm not being honest. And we did not raise our children to lie. And it ended up all working out. Um, he ended up at St. Mike's in, in, in business. He was not dishonest. He ended up in St. Mike's in business and graduated. And now he's very, very successful with, with New York life. And he still knows how to dial it down when he has to. He likes the sales and he knows how to dial it down. Once he does a big talk in front of lots of people, instead of going out um, in, in DECA when he was the president, instead of going out with the students, he would just say, no, nope, thanks. I'm going to do it. Watch a Red Sox game on my own kind of thing. Very, I was just very proud of all five of our kids. And I'm so proud of him that he was able to navigate um, his, his introversion at such a young age. The self-awareness was just amazing. And we need that. So here's a so very authentic at 17, 18, 19, 19 years old, now 26 and very authentic. And But to be something, to try to put out there that we're something we're not, to try to be something we're not, to try to be extroverted 
when we're not or introverted when we're not or trying to be, you know, um, identifying as a, a female when, but for Chaz, when he really felt like obviously, you know, stuck in his body and needed to identify as male, that's all of that's exhausting. All of that's exhausting. And then he also goes on to say, he said, put, wait a minute, put differently, people seem to feel more authentic when they are doing things society values. Another one I don't agree with. And here's a whole different example. You know, there are things uh, people have issues with, especially in different parts of the country. And and people um, sadly don't always embrace their differences right away because they're perceived to not be valued or accepted or okay, even though that's somebody's authentic path. And again, exhausting. I'm thinking of, a, of another one. I, my best friend from growing up is, uh, oh my gosh, she's, she's one of the best people God has ever created, kind and, and just caring and other-oriented, empathetic, and very creative. She's an artist, and she's inked up from the neck down. She's got tattoos everywhere. And she's my age, right? Well, almost. She's a couple weeks. Fabulous 56. You know, tattoos from the neck down on a 55 and 9 tenths woman are not always valued. And you know what? I don't know that I know anyone more authentic. I, I know a lot of good people. She is up there in my top 10 with most authentic, self-aware, in-the-groove people. She knows who she is, loves who she is, and accepts who she is. So I'm finding myself just disagreeing a lot of this stuff because, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that, again, the inked up thing from the neck down would be accepted by everyone, right? But she's doing her thing. She's doing her thing. And so just to bring it back around, I, you know, I kind of, again, this is just my opinion. And, um, and it's possible I could be, you know, misunderstanding this a little bit. I'm going to find myself getting a little irritated, too, because... You know, the authentic self isn't for anybody else to judge. It doesn't have to do with, to conf, you know, conforming with social values. The pro-social behavior thing, I'm a big fan. I My license plates are pay it forward. I And does that, again, does that feed my own authenticity? Absolutely, because I'm very, I am very, very passionate, very passionate about doing, you know, no matter how small my my ability to make a difference in this world is. I'm very, you know, a great grain of sand on the beach type of thing. I'm very passionate about it. I'm big, big on paying it forward, even if it's paying for the toll for the person behind me. And does that feed my passion? Yes. Does conforming with all kinds of things? No, not necessarily. Um, Okay. And then there's one thing I kind of do agree with. He talks about uh, this relationship researcher, Eli Finkel, who talks about the Michelangelo phenomenon big fan. The Sistine Chapel is beautiful, though I have to tell you, I thought it'd be a little bigger. Very beautiful though. And he says, in Michelangelo's mind, Finkel writes, the David existed within the rock before sculpting sculpting began. I love that because we think of ourselves as divine beings, you know, metaphorically with David, uh, who is beautiful. Wow. Um, that we, you know, we are, we are divine energy walking around in skin. So, you know, if we think of it metaphorically with David already in the in the marble or stone or whatever that was carved out of. Um, yes, I love that. And then the archaeological dig happened. So, and, and, and so it, so it does not take effort. It does not take any effort for us to just be who we are, the human being, not human doing. And then the archaeological dig thing comes in when we just, um, by kind of chiseling away at, at the stuff that's happened in our lives, chiseling away at why we think the way we do, feel how we do behave the way we do in that order. 
you know, that's just the fun part. That's how we develop, you know, an even deeper love affair with the divine, the divine, true, authentic self we are. You know, and, and, and lastly, kind of like we talked about when we did the, the one on passion and calling, authenticity involves a good deal of listening to the inner voice, a good deal of really true listening and carving out time for ourselves. We've talked about that just like we would for our best friend or partner, or, um, you know, parent or child or whoever, to really take that time just, to, you know, to ask, are you happy? Is there a spark? You know, are, are you okay with you? If you're not okay with you and you're not in a love affair with yourself, you know, to kind of, you know, try to, you know, figure that, that out, you know, that's just so, so important because the listening part is, you know, is how we really truly figure out that passion, you know, and really what is going to, you know, fill us up and over the top, you know, that authentic fuel that charges the, 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 uh, the real true self. And okay, good. And it doesn't take effort. It just takes commitment. The effort was the effort was with the dig, right? To make it to just enhance, to just enhance that relationship. All right, this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have an authentic day. <laughs>